0: It's what's next with Peter Buffett. I'm Jimmy Buff, and summer is over. Peter and Jennifer Buffett is with us today too. How were your How was your yeah, summers? Yeah, was how was say, your summers? Is that it, English.
1: It, it, one, one good thing and one not so good thing. Summer is over. Not so great. Jen's here. That's great. Yes.
2: <laughs>
3: uh-huh. <laughs> Happy to be here. I didn't go back to school today, so I had to go someplace.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's, yep. it's amazing. The uh, it's it's like ingrained in your DNA, right? Even. Oh, it totally. Yeah. You just you yeah. have it that is. bittersweet feeling, regardless, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. The
1: sun, the light changes yeah. a little bit, and and frankly, our world does change once Labor Day's over. We get busy again; things start to happen. I mean, it really is ingrained almost in the culture, really, that it's time to get back to school, whatever that means.
0: <laughs> what was odd for me this summer is that I had a terrifically busy summer, and I didn't. There's usually a A a few nights where it gets crisp and cold, and it tells you, oh, that's right, summer's gonna end. We didn't really have that this Mm -hmm. summer. And you know, we've had um, really hot weather this week. Yeah, right. Continuing on, no rain, all of that. Yeah, it's. um, That's
3: coming, guys. The cool, the cool <laughs> nights that's coming. They are you coming. Know, I'm yeah. sad about I'm sad we're not gonna have apples this year. Maybe some people are, but we're not getting apples. Is
0: it because you know. of the weather?
3: Yeah, in the springtime we had that cold blast. Right. And uh no apples, no pears. It's sad.
0: Yeah.
1: It's strange to, to, to have these trees in our yard that normally bear all this fruit and there's nothing. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what that does to, you know, the people the that orchards. make a livelihood right. yeah, from that is um, yeah so the, and that 's what 's funny about climate change there's one person that uh, I see on Facebook all the time in terms that 's where we get our information these days who's saying what 's the big deal about you know a quarter inch of sea level rising or whatever he quotes and it 's like you know the truth is it 's affecting people at fifteen thousand feet too you know we have a friend that went to peru and and what they 're saying about the tribal villages up there so you know, it's not just about sea level rise. It's about not having apples potentially. It's about a lot of things. Yeah,
0: and the thing of that is that that has happened in the past. You know, weather being what sure, it is, of that course. has happened. Yeah. But what's going to happen is it's going to happen more frequently and consistently right. that yeah. these these patterns change. Yeah, exactly. I remember yeah, fifteen years ago, being told by a climate scientists that our climate uh, that climate change would affect New York summers by making them feel like Atlanta summers Mm. wow and it felt like that this summer Mm -hmm. yeah yeah hot and humid for a long time right
1: yeah -hmm. Yeah. and that that too these trends you know we don't live in geologic time (laughs) We, we live in lifetimes and lifetimes might be 60 70 80 90 years But, uh, you know, these trends are much longer and, you know, know, me in history, you know, I always try and look at let's look at it over 500 years or 2000 years or something. And when you're talking about climate change, you're talking about something that is happening quickly. But there may be, you know, fluctuations over that period. But it's the trend. It's the long term trend that's that's scary.
0: Yeah. And the changes that are happening that were predicted, but the time frame that they were predicted upon is so uh, up in the air. Like, the, it's, the, sure. it's all yeah. a theory until it starts to happen. And right. then it's sort of, it's picking up speed. It's happening faster and faster. Right. A big New York Times article uh, just a few days ago about um, sea levels rising already noticeably right. already uh, on the yeah, east coast yeah. of, you know, places in Florida yeah. where the sea rises up through yeah. the sewers and floods yeah. downtown areas. It happened in Washington. Right. Uh, right. It happened in uh, the coast of Virginia. Right. Yeah. They were talking about something about how the um,
1: water in the streets on sunny days or something. Right. Right. They said sunny day lines. flood. So, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. the phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah yeah it's mm. it's wild and and that speaks to anybody in the music business understands what a feedback loop can do and how unpredictable they are and i think that's what well i know that's what's happening is these feedback loops start to happen and people can't ex- exactly predict how when where and and what the result's going to be but we know that when it happens in audio, it hurts. Right? Exactly. <laughs> and, I, and I think it's going to hurt. Yeah. In other you words, know, I too. saw a
3: feedback loop of the tomatoes. And I was just talking to Peter's father's wife yesterday in Nebraska about her tomatoes. And I was like, Are your tomatoes sort of leggy and like this and like this? And I was like, yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, like, It's like, so the feedback loops in the apple trees sure, and the tomatoes all sorts of and all yeah. Water levels everywhere. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, and and the the fact you know what we do with what happens in, in the future is really where we're at now because it's yeah. almost it's almost beyond yeah um, the ability to do something. And as we see in this political season, the ridiculousness of people who are still denying climate change.
1: It's going to and, start to get yeah. I don't know what I want to say comical except it's not funny yeah at all. no there <laughs> yeah. are
0: real life consequences to yeah. this stuff yeah you know I look at our, our you know our boy is seven and a half and I wonder what world he's going to be in what is he growing into you right know, it's totally. a common theme for me yep because yep. I don't mind warmer summers myself personally right <laughs> mm-hmm. you know,
1: no exactly working for us I was down at gonna... Kingston
0: Point Beach <laughs> yeah. a bunch this summer and the water right. was perfect right you know yeah. Yeah. even the ocean yep. on Long Island this summer where it can yep. be chilly uh, you know through into deep August by Late July, it was a you know, I'm, yeah, uh, but what are we, you know, what are they going to do? What is, exactly. yeah, exactly.
1: And you know, it's funny, I posted this, um, fairly well known quote, um, we don't uh inherit the, the world from our parents, we borrow it from our children. And I put that on Facebook with a, a comment about some things with the tar sands and the pipeline and all these things. And this guy shot back, it's like, oh, you know, don't give me bumper stickers, you know, don't give me platitudes. It's like, Actually, <laughs> this is just truth. Yeah. <laughs> and, right. Yeah, and it is. Two what sentences. are the kids going to, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah
3: um, and what are we going to yeah. give them to prepare them to be yeah. a little more sensitive or flexible and deal with all the changes and be able yeah. to be creative and work together? You know, yeah, what are we going to exactly. do for them? Or are we going to just tell, teach them that they need to compete, which is what I feel like schools do? Yeah. They get you can't make mistakes when you're in school, otherwise you get a bad grade. Well, how do you learn?
0: Yeah, you yeah. bumble
3: around and make mistakes. It's just so bizarre to me. Right. It's upside down.
0: And that curriculum, yeah. you know, it's uh, the first week of school for for kids was this past week, and you know, what is that? Does that curriculum change at some point in the future and start uh-huh. to reflect the the real life skills that you're going to need to deal with things totally. like right. whatever comes? We don't yeah. know what we're teaching yeah. for. Right. Yeah, you know, exactly. your son in
3: fifteen, twenty years, what is his the world's gonna be so different. Yeah. yeah. So what do we give our kids, you know? And also I've met your son, he's a wonderful, beautiful seven and a half year old young boy, and he's very sensitive and aware. And how do we keep that alive in kids as well, especially boys? Yeah,
0: totally. Oh yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, education has to change because the Internet has now mm. given us all the information we used to have to memorize <laughs> at our fingertips. So there's – there's, you know, the the whole framework has to change, I think. And Jen, mm-hmm. you saw Purpose some of example of that that was really good where a lot of the mm. – well, well, it's, it's happening – it. yeah, yeah,
3: and it's happening where, where a lot of the assignments – and things like that. They'll say, "Go home and, and, and watch this on the internet. Watch this great lecture, or talk, or documentary, or whatever it is. Get that information, and then the kids come to school and work in groups on applying what they learned. Right? An, an application. That's a different kind yeah, of totally. use and it makes a lot of sense to me. Why should the teacher be up there when you can get like amazing things on the internet?" Get that information, synthesize it, and but then learn how to do something with it. Yeah, or learn how right. to be active in your community or pull other folks in or whatever. That I think is a kind of a really interesting way to think about morphing what happens at school.
0: Yeah, and opening you know kids to the to a sense of wonder and exploration is yeah. going to be really important moving forward because there's going to be a lot of improvisation that takes place.
1: Yeah, good for sure. Good exactly. you word. Know. And that's imagination and working together and realizing that somebody. Might bring one. You know, this is my whole thing about polytheism. You know, the whole idea of all these different gods carrying these different things. Well, that's us. We all carry some superpower, some special quality we have. And if we work together, uh, you know, we can have imagination and, and, and come up with, with uh, solutions that nobody could have on their own, right. essentially.
0: Yeah. yeah. And you look at the history of, of, um, of dealing with issues, it always takes imagination. Yeah, it absolutely. always takes oh, imagination yeah. to deal with things and, and yeah. to come up with whatever's necessary to deal with what's ever at hand. That's yep. one yeah. of
3: our greatest gifts as a hu- human being. Right. You know, you hear about, I've been reading a little bit about sort of this AI movement and, you know, like, well, we'll fix everything with nanobots and technology and everything, <laughs> but it scares me to death. Yeah. yeah. And what? where's the imagination in these things? If if life becomes more mechanized and nanobot and all of that, what I don't
2: yeah. know. Where's
3: the
0: Where's the humanity? Where's basically. The humanity? And that's yeah. the challenge: is you'll right. you'll start to lose the humanity in this, and, right. and all these right. things that seem like such great ideas when we were growing up and watching the Jetsons,
2: right? Exactly. <laughs>
1: right? Yeah, but George wanted to get off that thing and he couldn't. Right. right? Yeah.
2: that, that exactly. was the ultimate <laughs> takeaway. Right, there was a generation <laughs>
0: growing up thinking that if you put your 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 token from the future into the machine and you got a uh, a food substance that had no color, no texture, right. anything. Right. There was, right. but where's the joy in cooking? Right. Exactly. right. exactly. Or we're
3: going to relegate the imagination to the machines. We're going to get little square dinners, you know, right. with yeah. no color. With I mean,
0: all the nutrients you need, but none yeah. of the flavor you love, yeah. right? I right. <laughs> exactly. could be a slogan.
1: Yeah, I think you just, uh, you're, you're you're unfortunately part of the problem now. You've just created.
0: <laughs> and we've seen uh, you know, we've seen this in, in, you know, science fiction is great because um, oftentimes Suddenly. or sometimes it can predict a future, you know. Right. Or um, at least warn us about yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Mm-hmm. and and so we can see what we don't want you know Right. we don't want yeah. Soylent Green right no we exactly. really don't want Soylent
2: Green you know
3: <laughs> <No>, I think <laughs> yeah. about that film a lot Yeah. and I wonder if kids are aware of that film or, or people listening to this maybe look up that film oh
0: yeah. it's a dandy yeah the
3: ending scene was yeah. so unbelievable yeah
1: yeah, yeah. Well, Oof. and and you know what I think the tide against this, and we're really all going to sound like old people here, by the way, <laughs> but but there's a, and it I think it falls into, and I may be wrong about this, but the libertarian view of uh, you know self um, uh, government and and you know small government and individual rights and and all the. I would call it a selfie culture, for lack of a better word. But the focus on the individual, the fact that it's even called an iPhone, and, you know, like all these things that are are like we're individuals, we, we have to exercise our rights, we, you know, can do it on our own. We're social creatures, you know, and so when I see – younger people so enamored essentially with themselves and you go on Instagram and you see every picture is of the person in the place, you know, and, and it's it's really working against us in terms of how social we're going to have to be and how integrated in terms of working together and recognizing we all have these important things to bring to the group. And, and so that's what I'm worried about is that the, the kind of underlying consciousness that seems to be coming through is so self-oriented when you know, we need to be group-oriented. Right, but it's
3: also self, the construct that the self makes like and puts up online, which sure. is not, you know, so there's so many kids, they probably look amazing on Facebook and all their social media, like, wow, what a kid. And they're probably mm-hmm. alone, lonely in their bedroom, right. not with no one to talk to. You yeah. know, that's, those things are very different than yeah. having a, a self that's constructed, that's publicized, that's broadcast versus a self that's connected, that's you know, mm-hmm. enjoy and exchange, a healthy you know, human exchange with other, other kids and other people.
0: And and so important for them to realize that whatever they're feeling, um, many other kids are feeling at the yeah. same time. Yeah, you know? yeah. And it's right. that sense that you're the only one who's feeling that. Yeah. Right. That, that can really um, skew things to, to, yep. to a place that's not necessarily yep. good. You have to yep. just understand that everyone is struggling with something. Right. You know, yeah. Every, all these things are happening. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah.
1: Yep. And that's actually uh, that's the other side of social media and the internet that can be positive, where people, you know, again, I say this all the time, the most powerful two words in the English language are "me too." You know, this idea that that oh, I'm not alone. There's somebody else that feels this way, and and so to interconnect, and you know, we see this in issue oriented things on the internet, where suddenly people are finding solidarity and coming together and that can again be both good and bad but i think for kids that's the positive side is they can find others that are feeling the same way they are and so they don't feel alone so it's a double edged sword I still think there's nothing
3: like doing it back to this conversation about dreaming about maybe how schools could evolve where kids are together you know in a circle in a room saying well how are you feeling discussing that kind of stuff and that's not the soft stuff or the sissy stuff you know it's like well how what's going on with you and and connecting with other people who will be feeling I mean especially boys we were talking to the TMI folks the other day who are working with the Kingston High School with the boys with the football team? And they're doing a documentary over the course of the year. Oh, that's amazing, yeah. yeah. And they, yeah. they came in and they asked, They said, We want who wants to tell their story, their personal story, because this is what we do, and so we're going to help you do over a course of a year. No one raised their hand, <laughs> <laughs> no one had a story. Yeah. None of these footballs had a story. It's like, We're not revealing anything, right. yeah. Yeah. no way that's dangerous that's yeah. vulnerability you know yeah. so
1: which speaks to this movie we saw recently documentary called the mask you live in highly recommended the mask you live in it's about uh, 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 male stereotype you know uh, oh, men, are, uh, what's men, the men word? and boys are you know, like socializing yeah. thank you so the socialization of males and at one uh, multiple points in the film, but it it speaks to men in prison as they're talking about how they got into prison and and what their home life was like and and essentially sharing you know their story and their feelings and it is powerful because of course. You know they get shut down in some way early on, and then they look for an outlet and they find some tribe that they can belong to, and usually it's not good, and you go down a path, but it's only out of loneliness, out of trauma, out of a deep desperation to connect, really.
0: You always hear too um tales of redemption or some sort of jailhouse redemption, and it mm-hmm. always involves. Someone getting in touch with that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. we we uh, you know uh, our son is um, as you noted pretty sensitive, Jennifer, mm-hmm. and the ability to let him cry for as long as he wants to cry.
1: Yes. You know, we're never going to yeah. tell him, "Oh,
0: you're 12 now, stop crying." Yep. You're 15. Sure, yeah. You know. Yep. Which I'm getting chills because this morning
1: um, I had a conversation about a family member who uh, had a stroke essentially yesterday, a uh, blood clot uh, between his lungs near his heart. And he survived, um, but the first thing he did when he got in the hospital is sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. And and you know that that was unexpressed grief from mm-hmm. his childhood. And mm-hmm. you know, I happen to know the story of his childhood. And so when I heard what he was saying and going through in the hospital, but this is this is him at six at seven. Mm-hmm. You know this this is and it will come back. <laughs> you know if you don't deal with that stuff, your son is much healthier yeah. at forty because of what's happening at seven. Find, like yeah. that, maybe
3: there yeah. can be a change in just how we think about things. Like if you have a finely tuned car or finely tuned watch or an instrument. You know, tech some kind of technology that, that's just able to pick up, and you know, Peter works in music, and you just you're, the technology you have is unbelievable in terms of what you can get in terms of nuance of sound and all of this stuff. Well, we're also finely tuned instruments. Your son has all this sensitivity. This can open up worlds for him wherever he decides. I don't know if he's artistic or athletic or what he is. That is an asset. I have a brother who's eight years younger than me, and he's very sensitive as well. He thought it was he, there was something wrong with him because because it brought up the tears. And it, but it, but I said, Jeff, look at all this sensitivity you have. His name is Jeff. <laughs> it can also use in other parts of your life that have helped you you know, with your talent, with your growth, with all these different areas of your life that have brought, you know, real assets to your life. So sensitivity, sensitivity is how you use it. Yeah. And it's not something to be suppressed or repressed, but our culture has really done that to men.
0: What's next with Peter and Jennifer Buffett? I'm Jimmy Buff. And the thing is getting through the period from maybe now Mm -hmm. until early 20s, right? That's the time where it really gets, you know, when peer pressure kicks in, when you start to like when my son doesn't want to bring his teddy bear anymore because other kids might make fun of him, you know, and he gets aware, and it's remarkable to my wife and myself to see him pick up on that. Somewhere. You right.
1: Know? Isn't that incredible? Because the parents are clearly the most important piece of the, you know, behavioral puzzle in terms of shutting things down in this way or that. But you're definitely not the only piece, right? right. They're in school. They, I, as I said, because I have grown children, and you know, the minute they spend the night at someone else's <laughs> house, all bets are off. It's like, wait, you can eat that for breakfast? <laughs> wait, you can watch that on the television? You, you know, like it just. Right. And so, yeah, the you know the things they pick up and and sort of the power of the particular person, right? So if it's the popular kid in school and they're going this direction, then everybody thinks, well, that's the way to go. It's it's. Complex.
3: You know, this is an area we do work on through Novo Foundation, and I get this newsletter called Sound Bites, or in different districts that we're working on. I mentioned last time I was we were on the show. Um, of things that are going on where schools are really supportive of kids and kids have social-emotional outlets and actual, you know, it's in the curriculum where they have the ability to sort of work through this stuff, get to know each other, address feelings, all this stuff. And one of the co- coolest soundbots, and I was thinking about it because it'll be homecoming time pretty soon in the fall, uh, was this story of this young kid, I forget, I think it was in Austin, Texas, um, who, who was coming out about his sexuality, realizing he was gay, and the football team... And the cheerleading squad at the homecoming honored him for coming out. The entire football team like did high fives with him at the game and they honored it. And they weren't making fun of him. They were embracing him. They right. were celebrating him. Right. I thought, God, things can change. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, that's hopeful.
3: And
0: that's, you know, and there's been um, in this current election cycle, there's this huge pushback against PC, right? PC. That yeah, like, I oh, know. It's too much. It's right. too much PC. But that's <laughs> that's the that's the positive effect is that when kids grow up with things that are okay, mm-hmm. they act that way. Right. When they grow up that it's yeah. not a big deal. If, some, right. if someone's sexuality is no big deal anymore. Right. Just yep. no big
1: deal anymore. Yep. That's exactly. how they'll that behave. Can be dropped, right? Exactly. Yep.
0: Yeah. And you know, um, you know, yep. my, our uh, you know our children are going to grow up. To, the children in this generation are growing up with an African American already president, right. and yep. um, most yep. likely, fingers crossed, uh, our first female president yep. coming yep. soon, yep. Exactly. right? And so yep. that will be a no brainer right. to them. It won't right. be. It, it won't be anything unusual. And that's for when thing, we go forward.
1: Exactly. And to think, okay, so he's been in office for eight years, right? Yeah. And so the thing to remember, again, like you were saying about the importance of this time and age is if you were 12 when he went in, you're 20, right? And and that is big. It's not, you know, it's a big deal to us. It's a big deal to the culture, but it's really big to the 12-year-old that is now 20. And, and I think that's encouraging
0: for sure. Without a doubt. It was, um, did you do anything uh, summer-wise, uh, any kind of uh, reading, any discovery of yourselves over the weekend, uh, <laughs> over the summer, rather? Mm. Uh, did you come up with any, come across <laughs> any new ideas or any new phrases or sayings that, that really <laughs> stuck with you? One that oh, stuck with me was the, uh, it's a uh, 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 maxim for the health insurance, for the health industry, rather, not the insurance industry, but for doctors. And the phrase is, um, when you hear hoofbeats, think horses, not zebras.
1: Okay, Mm. and unpack that one for
0: me just a little bit. (laughs) That what seems to be usually is what is. Oh uh, yes, if it sounds like horses, it's It's probably probably horses. horses. (laughs) It's not. It's not a zebra. It's not something (laughs) exotic. You know. Yeah, yeah. And for me, that helps me um, maintain a a step in what we call reality. What we deal (laughs) with. What we are calling reality these days. Right. Yep. Yep. And it's important because then you can deal with things on their face. Right. You know, yep. and it, there's this whole great um, sort of gray area around, you know, who's going to be president and these ideas and things. But when you get right. down to it, to the actual reality of it, there's no ideas there. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. One yeah. has, one yep. size has yeah, ideas. Exactly. One has none.
1: Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. And that's interesting because the book I just finished. Was uh, called an introduction to non-obvious sociology, <laughs> so it's the opposite of that. It's uh-huh. like because because he's a sociologist, and he said most everything sociologists talk about are obvious, yeah. right? right. And, mm-hmm. and so why do we even need the field? But he said there are non-obvious things, and and it it reinforced what every book I've been reading lately essentially says. Because Sapiens was a book that I loved that I've read, I think, at the beginning of the summer, and 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 a few others. That all are saying the same thing, and that is that we as humans are making it all up. We live by agreements. Even the words we're speaking now, we agree on what they mean. Otherwise, they wouldn't matter. They wouldn't, you know, there, there would be nothing behind them. And, and that we hold these agreements in place around rituals and he said, we, we do rituals every day. I mean, just, uh, you know, try this at home. You know, talk to your best friend and don't say goodbye. <laughs> right? Just walk away. There are rituals embedded in so many things that create trust, that create, uh, you know, a, a, a deeper agreement around what certain things mean and
3: social cohesion yeah it's social
1: cohesion absolutely and of course religion plays a big role the economy plays a big role the dollar only works because we all trust that it actually is going to i mean and it it speaks to uh the tenuousness you know which of and this election cycle is showing it too it's like wow there's all this fear uh that that One of the candidates has seemed to bring up in particular uh, that was always, the, you know, he, Trump has just exposed something that is in the psyche of the country. Right. And 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 the most effective tool against agreements and ritual and everything else is the fear that somehow someone's going to take them away that somehow they don't mean anything that all this stuff is actually smoke and mirrors well in fact it is smoke and mirrors (laughs) and and uh so what's what's the social cohesion that will take us into the next you know coming years and decades and centuries there's
3: that thing where we need imagination again Because if we had something, and just because we've invested our time, energy, (laughs) this is the way, like our money system. I read a book um, called The Future of Money by uh, Bernard Leiter, who's a currency uh, monetary expert, policy expert. And he said, listen, we have this monocropped one form of currency that's debt-based that everybody has to comply to. And and it's ridiculous that we think that everything in our, our economic reality and all our needs would be solved by this one structural currency. That's ridiculous. Just like I think of in terms of monocropping, you don't just eat like one Corn, like corn. You have to have a variety of things in your diet, right? And and they serve different needs and different purposes. And in the past, this book talks about we've had different kinds of currencies before. We've had local currencies. We've had different modes of exchange because currency is energy. Think about it. It's a current
0: um, mm-hmm. of and, energy and, and, and exchange. And, and there's and flow. the Hudson Valley Current. And we by have the way. Hudson Valley Current, by the right, way.
3: And <laughs> we're going to be talking to Joe Conkra at some point um, from O Positive. And it's like these other ways that we can exchange. Uh, in an abundant fashion, um, goods and services and different ideas and things like that. So it's just really a failure of, I think, of imagination right now. We have an opportunity where we're hitting a wall, and um, which is a crisis, but also an opportunity.
0: And that's so. what crisis, um, on most crisis is it's an opportunity to do something different. So hopefully we will. <music> What's next with Peter and Jennifer Buffett. I'm Jimmy Buff and Joe Conkra, Michigan troll from O positive. Hi, Joe. Hello, Jimmy. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. It's yes. uh, it's major O positive time. It is. the uh, The heat's on. Yeah. I used to say. Yeah.
4: It's uh, very intense. We are just locking the schedule now, and it'll be out really soon. Everybody's been accepted. The clinic is being put together as we speak. Um, everything's happening.
0: So um, with, uh, what, three weeks to go before it starts, right? Yes. Is, is there a minute in <laughs> your day? Thanks for reminding him. <laughs> is there a minute in your day that's not, oh, positive-filled? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's... Not this minute. Not this minute, no, 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 not right, right now. Am.
4: But I mean, I, th- I think as we all know, um, you have to make space. You know, you have to sort of try to create time. And one amazing thing that we've been able to do over now in our seventh year is that we attract so many good people to work on this that... We are able to check in with each other and make sure that everybody's got each other's back. So we are able to take time off and take little breaks here and there. Do I wish it was more sometimes? Sure. But, you know, the work is so important and it's so fulfilling that you don't even notice.
0: Yeah, it would seem kind of silly that um, you're putting on a wellness festival and you get unwell
4: we doing that, it. You right? <laughs> have that
0: conversation all the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's something we have seen. Jennifer and I have seen in so much of the work of the foundation is that people are doing such good, important, uh, difficult, unfortunately difficult work, and it, it th- they get worn out, and mm-hmm. and they're the ones you know that need the support when they're so busy supporting others.
4: Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I wonder when the, I wonder if there's like a, if there's like a year or time ratio with burnouts in nonprofits sometimes, yeah, you know, like right. at a certain point, does everybody just sort of say, okay, I, I can't, I can't yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. What we've seen Yeah. There is yeah. for sure. <laughs> Well, and Jennifer brought something up before you came on the show around, uh, and I forget whether you said scarcity or abundance, but that's the point: is that we live in such it was around the economy and economic thinking, and that we are in uh, kind of ensconced in such a, a scarcity model on every level, you know. And then debt based currency does more of that because you're you know you're trying to always catch up and. And uh, so in the world of O positive, I, 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 my feeling is that somehow that, that, that you are trying to shift that sensibility from from something that's scarce to something that actually is all around us. We just need to sh- shift the framework.
4: Absolutely. And I think what's all around us is each other. Right, And I, and I think you know, that's kind of what we forget. Right. And I, and I exactly. think what we've been able to do is sort of tap into this desire to connect, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. in some way we are becoming this vessel right. where we can just bring people together to talk like this, to, right. to, yep. to talk about what you can bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And what you bring to the table isn't fiat currency. You know right. What you bring to the table is your love and your experience. And it always amazes me every year when we get to this point where we start finding people who are donating food or time or their car or whatever they have to bring to this exchange.
1: Mm
3: -hmm.
4: And I, I think that that's really what keeps us all going, even when we
1: hit the burnout point. Yeah. Yep, And you're playing right into everything we said the first half of the show. (laughs) And and, and, uh, because in this culture in particular that is so self-oriented, the fact that we need to be reminded of and and that happens through experience is that we're stronger together. I think that's a political <laughs> catchphrase at this point. But but it's true that, that that community is everything, and each of us bring a gift. And we don't sometimes even know what our gift is until we're invited in to say, oh, no, you are important here. Absolutely. And I think also when we're able to bring
4: people together that normally wouldn't sit at the table together. Yeah, you know, I think, absolutely. I think that's yeah. really an amazing moment because... I don't know if anybody thought seven years ago that putting a dentist and a musician in the <laughs> same room together would bring such a, a large outpouring of support and people. And I think that we see this everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see it especially at O-Positive. We recently did an event in the Bronx, which uh, we brought together community health partners that were great. They've never worked together. They were always competing for an award. And right. uh, they mm-hmm. were working on the same projects. You know, so we were just able to come in and say, "Hey, look, you know, let's let's all work together here. Let's mm-hmm. figure out how we can do this."
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, positive coming into its seventh year um, and talking about its origins, Joe. Uh, you've expanded. You're in different places. You're going to places like the Bronx now. Um, what has that process been like over the seven years? I am in different places.
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, what has that process been like? It's been rewarding, and it's also been challenging in that. When so many people write to you, write to the organization, and say, this is amazing, we want to do this, it's very easy for me personally to say yes. <laughs> As an organization, it's very difficult to say no, but at the same time, maybe we should be at times because we extend ourselves too far. So we're trying to figure out, in all honesty, how to build something that we can export to other communities in a way that doesn't burn us out mm-hmm. and in, and empowers and strengthens strengthens the right people in those communities who want to take this idea and build it further. It doesn't necessarily have to be artist and musician for healthcare, it could be mechanic for healthcare, it could be whatever that is and whatever that needs to be in that community because we feel like we're part of a new economy that is really pulling something different out, which right like shining a light on something new which is really centuries old. Mm-hmm. And I, and I feel like you know Burnout is a big thing, but at the same time, it's so rewarding when people just write to you and say, hey, we, re- we really want to do this in Tulsa, Oklahoma. You know, when we do this in Tuscaloosa, tu-
1: Tuscaloosa <laughs> I'll know that we're, we're really doing some good work. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. And if I may, uh, for the listener that doesn't know anything about O-positive, um, could you just explain it a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it's
4: really basic. What we do is we exchange the art of medicine for the medicine of art. And through that exchange, we build really strong communities and give them the power to take over their collective well-being. And what that means is if you're a band or you're an artist and you apply to a positive and you get in, instead of getting paid in dollars, we build a pop-up medical clinic and we staff it with doctors, dentists, massage therapists, acupuncturists, everything you could possibly need. And you get access to all of those services for your performance. Mm-hmm. And the magic happens in this one green room and clinic that we build because there Artists and musicians are sitting down and having a beer or a sandwich and having a conversation with a doctor. And all of the titles get taken away. The Mm -hmm. lab coat comes off. Mm -hmm. The long hair is not seen. Everybody sees each other as equal partners Mm -hmm. in a community. We use existing storefronts and empty storefronts. Mm -hmm. So we shine a light on the potential of communities. And then we do huge murals. In Kingston, New York, we now have 22 five-story to eight-story big murals that are gifted and left behind by artists that come from all over the country and the world to come do these murals to express themselves. And in exchange for an eight-story mural, you get to go to a dentist or see a specialist or see a doctor. And, and the murals are fantastic. Yeah, they um, are. They're just
3: beautiful. They're yeah. making in Kingston. I mean, people come to Kingston to see the murals.
4: Yeah. And I would have to say that's a big shout out to Denise Orzo, our curator in art, who really started bringing in the artists. Uh, the first one was Gaia, who came in and did a six or seven-story mural in Kingston, And it quickly shifted everybody's perception, right? From here's this big blank wall to what could this be? Mm -hmm. And what do the arts do in a community? So, you know, now we're being sort of asked how we do this. So we're building programs to teach other municipalities how to do this and use the arts and culture in exchange for care, not just to shine a light on who's there, but to maybe talk about the economy in -hmm. that neighborhood and Mm -hmm. what exchange really is and what value really is Mm -hmm. and what
1: gifting things really is. Yeah. That's fantastic, and it it goes back to I think Jennifer's phrase around changing our world from one of transactions to relationships, yeah. which is something we are so deeply off on and in fact is centuries old that's the other thing is you know you even a hundred years ago if you asked someone you know what they thought of the economy they would not know what you were talking about (laughs) i mean the economy was not the, the the kind of frame that we have today at all and uh and so to to bring us back uh someone calls it the archaic revival you know to bring back uh, these ideas that, as a species, we've always lived with, and it's only very recently um, that we've been kind of uh, all shuttled into this one frame of, of thinking about exchange. Right,
4: right. And I mean, do you? I don't know if you both see this or not, but maybe because our eyes are being open to it, at O positive, but it mm-hmm. seems like. There are so many more organizations doing kind of what we're doing, right, which is connecting people and yeah. bringing people together and yeah, talking absolutely. about a new economy based on – because I think things are fraying. Yeah. Oh, or yeah. or, you know, or yeah. things are just yeah. being more – a light is being shined on the inequities mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of, of the way mm-hmm. things are built.
3: And people are asking themselves, well, what can I do that's different? Because no one's going to come and save me or do it for me or plop mm-hmm. down some answer to my problems or a company or something here. What, what's here in the community and how do we get to know what's here and lift up what's here and connect what's here? And we're seeing that a lot. Mm-hmm. But people are also exhausted. They're in that competitive frame you were talking about. They're just so used to being competing with one another. And we actually were involved with different local groups. But I was at a convening in Colorado a couple years ago. And they, they convened all these people that were about local first organizations and whatnot. And there was a group from... Um, France, somewhere in France, there, and I thought, well, this is interesting because I thought this was more of a, a U.S.-based group. And I said, why France? To me, is like you guys have this down, this localism, the local mm-hmm. culture, the village life. And they said, you know, it's shifted so much because of the modern age that we were competing. And I said, well, well why do you why did you start a local first organization? They said, because we were lonely. We are tired oh, of competing with yeah. one another. We were lonely. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah.
1: So, so basic. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. basic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it is again. Where are we're, it, it seems like on the one hand, technology is is putting us all behind screens and and more disconnected. On the other hand, of course, it has the potential to connect people that hadn't been before. You know, mm-hmm. and so you see with the pipeline in North Dakota or other things where people are suddenly all converging around issues they didn't realize. Uh, were happening maybe ten years ago, or certainly thirty years ago, and so it's 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 doing both things at once. It's it's mm-hmm. disconnecting us and connecting us.
4: And sometimes you need a Trojan horse, to sort, mm-hmm. of, to mm-hmm. sort of come in most definitely to, to do that. You know, and we we see art and medicine as sort of our yeah. our Trojan horse into the um, connections of healthcare. Mm-hmm. You know, as yeah. a way to sort of get into a mm-hmm. system and find the places where we could do our best work. Yeah, and yeah. and I think that I think that that's important no matter what the cause is. Yeah,
1: no matter where the well, and that's what I love is you saying that it doesn't even have to be uh, art and medicine. It can be art and mechanics. It can be art. Is that happening?
3: Are things like that happening? Other places?
1: Let's start it. (laughs) Maybe just
3: put the bug in those mechanics out there that want to trade. Cool. Yeah, Yeah.
4: our car is ten years old. Right. right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Time to make it happen. (laughs) The
3: personal (laughs) is political. Your car fixed? I get
0: it. Well, on on the personal note. um, um, seven years in, Joe, um, what has happened for you personally?
4: Um, what has happened? Besides being really tired a lot, <laughs> I would say that I've been opened to an amazing world that I don't know if I knew existed happened before, and that sort of is the, the real local movement and the real local economy movement, mm-hmm. and becoming much more aware of what that really means. There's, a, there's an awful lot of throwing the word community around. Um, and, I, and I get nervous when I hear it because I feel like, well, what is community? You know, I hear some people using community as a way to sell things. And I'm like, you know, that's, that's not what community is to me. So, so for me, it's looking really deep inside of, you know, where I am, where the organization is, and how to build really sustainable community. And how to really sort of connect on a deep level. And also maybe letting my guard down a little bit. Where when we started, I was sort of a warrior with my shield up and my sword, going like, "We're going to slay the healthcare system," mm-hmm. and now I'm kind of like, "We're going to partner with them with we can when we can, mm. because really they are our neighbors, mm-hmm. you know." And it's like beginning to understand that the the larger things that sometimes we think are impediments, actually, that there's people in those organizations that feel the same way
1: that's huge mm, that's that is huge because that's the thing that, that it's so easy behind the mask of bureaucracy and and the seemingly behemoth you know organizations that there aren't actually human beings in there uh, that are often feeling the same way
4: yeah and also like i just learned recently i think it's like to change a system doesn't take 51%. It takes like 3.8%. Yeah, it's a very small percentage. Yeah,
1: and I was yeah. just like, wow, yeah. we're close. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's some percentage that ends up being the population of France. And go, let's just have France do it.
2: <laughs> yeah. I
1: have a question for Joe.
3: Joe's really, he won't he won't um, blow his own horn but here, here, but he is a very talented artist in his own right, a really talented painter. Thank I you. have to say I really admire your work a lot. Has this changed your art? That's exactly what I was to
4: It's a change of the art.
3: Um, Or affected the art or inspired the art.
4: It does what, it did what I was afraid it would do was when I used to spend 16 hours a day in the studio, um, I'd have less hours in a day in the studio. Mm -hmm. But it has changed it in a way that I have begun to see O-positive as part of my art making. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
4: And as Mm -hmm. working in a team, creating something together, Mm -hmm. it's almost like a massive performance art. Yes. And... Once I made that shift, and I have to, again, credit Denise, my wife, who really pushed me on yeah, that Denise. and said, yeah, and mm-hmm, said like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, maybe this is all part of the same thing. Yep. When I sort of let go, when you let go of what you think you are yes. and allow yourself to be
1: who you are, mm-hmm. things change. Exactly. You know? Boy, but, amen. Let's, mm-hmm. Can you repeat that, please? <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. no but, but it's true it's because so true. that is true. Talk about the personal being the political. That is true both personally and then on the larger scale when I when I hear these let's make America great again and all these things, it's like but w- what are we? What do we want to be? What were the aspirations of the people coming over here really? And are we living up to that kind of an ideal which they, th- they, they didn't hit the mark. You know, they failed the minute they wrote uh, all men are created equal and didn't count first of all women at all and then anyone that wasn't white. And so they weren't perfect. That's okay, you know, and, and how do we grow and and become something through the experience of, of trying new things and realizing, wait, this is this is all part of the process of, of becoming, you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
4: absolutely. And and more to your point, but I mean the work that I am doing I'm really, really happy with. And I feel right. like the, the the stuff I'm learning, the the awareness that is happening around me with O positive is helping me when I create too because it's it's leaving me much more open. Mm -hmm. So there is the personal Mm -hmm. side of it too, which Mm -hmm. is just trying to be more open.
0: And I imagine that as the organization has grown and the, and the uh, reach of the organization has grown, you, uh, who were so involved in every detail in the beginning, are not so involved in every detail now, right? There's a little bit of letting go that has to happen. <laughs> I, I got to walk out of a meeting earlier. <laughs> here, and that was amazing. <laughs>
2: right. Yeah, it was right. wonderful. And I yeah. also,
0: you know, mm-hmm.
4: I also really want to give a shout out to the fact that this is so many people who do this, right? Mm-hmm. There are many co-founders. Mm-hmm. There are many people. We are, of 10 of us that work, every day on it for hours and hours. Eight of them are women. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's myself and Micah, and sometimes we wonder about that too. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's just, it's just the kind of thing that I, I always want to give credit to all the people that do this, because mm-hmm. often it's my voice. Mm-hmm. And and right. I get it. Right. I get yeah. that I'm a good spokesperson. I get that I've been there since the beginning. But a lot of other people have been there since the beginning, including yourself, Jimmy, who have been mm-hmm. really supportive. And I, and I really feel like, you know when we talk about building resilient communities and what it really takes it takes the acknowledgement that everybody's there mm. and and i and sometimes i get very concerned that that you know we have one spokesperson when mm. in reality we have like 50 Mm-hmm. You know, and, and all those people need to be heard.
0: And so. they're good ones, too. I heard uh, Micah at the uh, Chronogram Block Party yeah. uh, introducing one of the bands and giving a thumbnail sketch of what O Positive is and how they've, um, you know, uh, performed in the city for so long and other cities, too. And then acknowledging that the alumni of O Positive, some of the musical alumni, have gone on to pretty big things like yeah. Lucius.
4: Yeah, right.
0: And and the kids.
4: I know. Their first festival ever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's sort of the joy of... Of going to the festival
4: for me, besides seeing the murals go up and all the performances and stuff, the joy is when I hear people talking about bands they 've never seen before, mm-hmm. and then seeing those bands talking to doctors they 've never seen before yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that 's exactly right <laughs> and it 's wonderful you know it's really, it 's really amazing because we 're able to you know we also are able now to help our bands between festivals and after festivals and we you know we have partnerships with companies that do tours and stuff where we can put them on tour and we can help them. Get them spots and get them, mm-hmm. you know, paid in dollars because they would still need to pay their rent in dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't been able to figure out how to pay our rent in tomatoes <laughs> <ever> yet.
0: <laughs> We're working on it. Yeah, <laughs> we are. Tell me about this year's festival. Tell me about some of the um, acts that you've got lined up for people who don't know how it works. You have a very uh, cool admission policy.
4: We have the best admission policy. You pay what you can to get in. That's it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's, And you get
0: a wristband good for everything.
4: Right. We ask you what it's worth to you. You know, and I think that's that's really uh, maybe our biggest challenge. And Kathleen Murray, our communications director, is amazing. But maybe our biggest challenge is getting people to actually understand. Like, for that wristband, you get to see sixty five bands this year. 35 performances and artists and murals going up, five murals, and the rest are performances. Also, a whole weekend. There's 31 yoga classes this year in Kingston's Festival alone, hmm. along with sound healing, and there's lectures and bike everything. Else. There's five bike rides, mural to mural rides, 50 mile rides through the Catskills, everything you can think of. There's a reading salon going on this year. Um, we just have so much because of the abundance of people wanting to give. Mm-hmm. So when bike stores come to you and say, we want to be part of the festival, what can we do? We say, "At a bike ride. So it's, it's sort of becoming this thing where we've always said, better not bigger. And we're not really physically getting that much bigger. We've moved into Midtown Kingston a lot more, and there's some storefronts there we're going to be using this year. But really, we're not, we're not bigger. It's a very intimate festival. We want to almost take the word festival out of it because mm-hmm. it denotes like 20,000 people in a field.
2: Right.
4: And this is more like three to 5,000 people in a neighborhood. You know, and discovering a neighborhood and discovering your neighbors, and and that's what's so special. So that what's it worth to you? Really, we put it in the we put it in our the person who comes up and we say, "What, what do you want to give us?"
1: And it's mm-hmm. it's phenomenal to see what people give. Yeah, that's what's uh, what's so wonderful. I think has and it's being proven more and more is that give people the opportunity to be a part of something and feel connected, and and then show their appreciation for it. That works. You know, again, people yeah. come to you and say, how can I be a part of this? And then people show up. And and I'm not sure the success last year of the pay uh, what you can uh, economics of it for you. But mm-hmm. I think it's. It was better. For, yeah, yeah. It was the I first know, year
4: we did better. it. And we, we raised our we raised our receipts at the gate. I do want to. Can I can I announce something really exciting? Absolutely. All right. This, yes. is, this is it. First time out. <laughs> I didn't even ask Kathleen, but I think I can announce this now. <laughs> we work with the Institute for Family Health which is based in Kingston but has 100 clinics between New York and Albany. Right. They have three teaching residencies, Albany, Brooklyn, and Kingston. This year we are going to be announcing, and I'm announcing it now, that um, all of our alumni and all the artists and musicians who come this year will get an access, O oh, positive access card to the Institute for Family Health where they can pay what they can and not be turned around for all the care year-round. Fantastic. Round. So we're becoming wow. a year-round Wow. clinic That's now fantastic. in a way with, our, with a partnership which already existed but never they never made the connection to make the connection and we never mm-hmm. put it together and we've used their doctors dr marchesewski is our lead doctor in our clinic and he he runs the institute there and it's just so heartening because wow. what we're doing again is just shining a light on possibility right right like, like exactly. hey you guys are there you have all these clinics mm-hmm. we have all these people who need the clinics let's work it out
1: mm-hmm. And, and that's such a great way to describe it is shining a light because it's really all you can do. You can't make someone do anything. I mean, not without force, basically, mm-hmm. but you can shine a light somewhere and say this is you should know this is possible. And then and then the partnerships are made or they aren't. But but, you know, when they are, it's real. It, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a real thing. And they last.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, what happened with Obamacare? We experienced for the years of that, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, do we have to wait for it to be legislated and fought over and how it's going to be done? And will we have access? You know, could we come up with something else? And I love this as a grassroots movement to say, you know what? Well, being is important. Right. Community is important. Coming together in unity is the, the definition that I like, you know, around making sure that people are well and healthy and taken care of and that there's enough to go around.
2: Right.
4: So, yeah. and, and sharing yeah. all of our resources so that yeah. can happen. Right. I think yeah. that I think that's mm-hmm. what's so vital is you know, yes, there is the Affordable Care Act and mm-hmm. yes, it's fraught with a million problems. But we're gonna see that a lot of artists and musicians actually got covered under the Affordable Care Act. But mm-hmm. that still mm-hmm. does yeah. not mean that yeah. they know how to get a massage for their for their arm or their wrist and they don't right. they might need to see an orthopedic for, for some tinnitus or not tinnitus, but some tendinitis, or then maybe they need to go to an audiologist right, right. for tinnitus. Right. So mm-hmm. there's all these things that we provide that you wouldn't get under the Affordable Care Act, especially dentistry. Yeah, right. right which right. is just so m- important. Nobody
0: has dental plans. And, like dental health is somehow separate from the rest of your health. Right, right It's right. Like, exactly. Like it doesn't it's affect so your, right.
1: Critical. And you know what they yeah. say, ignore your teeth and they'll go away. <laughs> right, 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 exactly.
4: And also P.T. Barnum said, "If you a terrible thing happens when you don't promote yeah. nothing. Right, yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Which that's the mode I'm in right now. Right, <laughs> so, exactly.
0: The O Positive Festival is Columbus Day weekend in Kingston, Uptown and Midtown, Kingston, and people can find out more. At opositivefestival.org.
1: yes, yep, and you can also call it Indigenous Day as opposed to Columbus Day. You know if what? You, if
0: you'd like, I, 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 might, <laughs> I might re-edit, I might edit <laughs> yeah. that out and edit that back okay. in. Okay, yep. I'm going to start saying that. <laughs> I think that. we just made the shift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, absolutely. It's what's next with Peter and Jennifer Buffett. I'm Jimmy Buff, Joe Conqueror from uh, O Positive. Thanks for coming in this morning. Uh, thank you all thank so you. much. It's no, been a pleasure. You. Thank you. And we're going to leave you with some new music that Peter has made. You want to introduce it, Peter? We
1: are. Yeah, this is a song uh that i wrote about um uh, getting yourself kind of knocked out of complacency the the fact that it's so easy to kind of go along and and that the answer is in joy is in feeling joy um spreading joy uh, just holding that and and that's what this song is about and it's called joy ride